Hello, thank you for tuning in to episode 23 of the Bryce Kicks podcast. This is a special episode and one that I think is near and dear to all of our hearts. We are going to be remembering the uh, Nike and Adidas Kobe line, um, you know, and taking a look back at some of his footwear, his signature sneakers that are so iconic to this date. You know, as we all know, Kobe tragically lost his life along with many others on the helicopter, one of including his younger daughter Gianna and uh, you know I am recording this one day later this is January 27th and uh, it's just something you know when I was thinking of ideas for the pod I was like why not you know take a look back and celebrate his life through sneakers of course sneakers is something that I'm super passionate about and uh, I know he was too you know when you look back at his line of sneakers starting all the way from the Adidas He was, you know, one of the athletes that was specifically known to be heavily involved in the design process. You know, he wanted his hands all over the sneaker in terms of design and functionality. Of course, at the end of the day, he was the one playing for it and uh, playing in it. Sorry. So why not, you know, make the most of the opportunity? So um, based off of everything that we heard with all these signature shoes being tossed around, it is 100% confirmed that Nike, uh, that Kobe was definitely a hands-on person in terms of design and functionality. So I think it's important to look back at the start of his career, you know, age 17, going from the uh, going from high school to straight to the NBA, you know, making a splash there. And, uh, you know, at age 17, you know, he signed an endorsement deal with Adidas, Apparently, it was a six-year, $48 million contract, which is absolutely insane. You know, imagine being, you know, a high school kid. You're excited to get to the league, and a brand approaches you with a $48 million uh, sneaker deal, which is just absolutely insane. Um, but it made sense because Kobe was is one of the best basketball players of all time. But, you know, his career wasn't always destined that way. You know, in his first year as a rookie, he did sit on the bench. And I just recently listened to a podcast um, and an interview of uh, Kobe Bryant. And the host was um, Steven Jackson. And shit, I can't remember the other dude's name. Um, But either way, Steven Jackson was one of the co-hosts. And uh, it was an amazing interview. And they talked about, you know, his career. And it's just super tragic to think that just a couple days ago, I was listening to this you know, person full of life, uh, speaking about the game and coaching his daughter and, uh, you know, speaking about the early struggles that he had in the NBA sitting on the bench. He was really upset at the fact that, you know, all this hype is surrounding him because he was coming straight from high school. Um, and you know, he had to sort of had to swallow his ego for that first year and, and, uh, you know, sit on the bench, but ultimately that inspired him to work harder, to prove himself on the court and things ended up working well for him. But as a rookie, Kobe Bryant wore the EQT Elevation, the Adidas EQT Elevation. It's a pretty wild-looking shoe, you know, sign of the times, it being the 90s, the late 90s. And, you know, it was an amazing time for him because he was fortunate enough to participate in the dunk contest and actually winning. So that was sort of his first feat in the NBA. His first, uh, you know, first trophy was winning the dunk contest. And, of course, you know, this was a great opportunity for rookies and for these young ballers to, to really develop a fan base is by doing something fun and exciting like the dunk contest and you know still to this day I know it's past his his uh, prime in a sense but uh, it's surprising to see that LeBron didn't end up doing the dunk contest as well given the fact that Kobe and Jordan also won both of those so 
kudos uh, to Kobe for winning that in his first year. So he wore the EQT Elevation uh, an Adidas sneaker. Uh, pretty wild, and I think that in terms of design, it doesn't really stand up today, at least in my opinion. I don't really like the shoe, um, but it is cool to know that, hey, this is Kobe's first sort of pseudo-signature sneaker. It wasn't made for him, uh, but that's what he was wearing. That's what his sort of PE was, and when he won the dunk contest, I'm sure that obviously put him and the Adidas sponsorship on the map. So this takes us to his first true signature shoe which is the adidas kb8 um, and now you know it's such an amazing shoe of course they still retro it from time to time but given the fact that you know kobe is now a nike um athlete of course uh you know he uh they have since changed the name to the crazy eight so for years to come you know if they do decide to retro his shoe just know that it will be called the Adidas Crazy 8 as opposed to the KB8. This shoe in particular is really dope. I really enjoyed it. It's a great shoe. And I just love how it sort of, you know, captures that, you know, classic Nike's basketball look. But it still holds up today. I think it's great. And, you know, it's something I would wear casually. You know, it's a really aggressive design. But, hey, throw it on with a pair of black denim. And uh, you're looking fresh. So, uh, you know, in terms of Adidas basketball, one of the early shoes, but definitely one of the best. So, you know, Kobe would wear these for his first playoff. Um, sorry, not the first playoff. So this would take us then to the shoe that he would wear in his first playoff. And this was his first signature shoe. And that was the Kobe 1. Um, and once again, now that he's no longer an athlete, these are the Adidas Crazy 1, which is pretty uh, interesting name. So this shoe, if you look at it today, it's honestly one of the worst designed shoes of all time. It's terrible looking. They look like they're made out of foam. It looks like it looks like a crock that was molded into a basketball sneaker in terms of material choices. It just it's a really hideous shoe if you ask me. Um, but you know, Kobe would wear these for his first playoff. Um, you know, and this is a infamous playoff series where he was actually injured and had to sit out a game. You know, this is where Jalen Rose sort of, I think he's actually confirmed this, but he intentionally stuck his foot under Kobe while he was shooting. Um, and of course, Kobe became injured and resulting in him sitting out for a game. Either way, Lakers still would win and uh, would still go on to win the championship. So things worked out for him. Um, but it's an interesting shoe. You know, it was actually designed... Um, um, the, the shoe drew design elements from an Audi TT. So you can sort of see it. It's sort of got this roundness to it. Um, but if you look at it, they just look like boats. It's pretty crazy. Um, you know, but it's still his first signature sneaker from Adidas, his first sh signature shoe as an athlete. So it is definitely still one of the ones that you must look at the Kobe two looks very 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 similar to the ones and apparently he was you know uh, uh very dissatisfied with the shoe didn't like the comfort of the shoe and how it looked so close to the first edition um but ultimately you know he would still collect his second ring um but for the finals he in the in the playoffs he would actually revert back to the kobe one where he was wearing those so either way you know, he expressed his dissatisfaction with the brand, so he actually ended up terminating his contract. Uh, I think because of legal obligations, he couldn't have his first signature shoe with Nike until some years later, but he did go from Adidas straight to Nike. And in between then, 
you know, he had some very dope sneakers, right? So this was when he was wearing a lot of the uh, Hirachi, the Nike basketball Hirachi sneakers, the 2K4s, the 2K5s, which are both super iconic basketball sneakers. If you guys have the opportunity, do a Google search of the KB4s, KB5s. Um, you know, these are the Hirachi editions. These are super fresh. Uh, sorry, I meant to say the 2K4s and the 2K5s. These are amazing basketball sneakers, ones that you can still wear today and still hoop just as well. Um, but ultimately, you know, during this time, he was wearing some one-off uh, Nike basketball sneakers, but he was also getting some of the most crazy, insane uh, PEs that we still see to this date. And those PEs were, of course, Jordan PEs. So let me hide uh, the StockX right here just to confirm. the. Pr I can only imagine, you know, since his tragic death that the, you know, uh, price of his sneakers have just skyrocketed. So uh, one of the Jordan PEs in particular was, of course, the Air Jordan 3 Lakers. Um, it's not coming up for some reason. Maybe it's the Air Jordan 3 Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, there we go. So these were released as a pack currently going for the pack. Uh, so let me just reiterate that it is a Lakers color Air Jordan 3. This was a PE that he received once again during his off time between Nike and Adidas. And uh, it, it's a, a white sneaker, um, but along the heel, it's got a purple tab as well as some yellow uh, accents throughout. And he also comes with a Kobe 8 as well or an Air Jordan 8, rather, that was in that Lakers colorway as well, currently selling for $19,000 on the aftermarket on StockX. So, as you can imagine, these are insanely priced. And the Air Jordan 3 itself, think about this, the Air Jordan 3 itself selling right now, um, I think the lowest ask is $16,500. So, pretty insane stuff. And, um, you know, it's kind of sad that people are trying to make profit off of his loss, but I know that pack in particular was going for an insane amount prior to his death. So, um, either way, those were some of the PEs, the heat that he was getting. And of course those colorways are super classic. So, you know, post, you know, death, I'm, it'll be interesting to see what shoes they released, you know, um, because Adidas does have roots with the Kobe line. Nike, of course, has roots with the Kobe line. And Jordan, because of those PEs, has roots with the Kobe line. It'll be interesting to see what colorways they decide to drop or if they want to pay homage to them. But this ultimately leads us to the first Kobe sneaker. And this is the Kobe 1 super iconic sneaker. Dropped in 2005, 2006, and this was sort of the 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 start of the Kobe era. And what I mean by that is, of course, you know Kobe won his first three championships with Shaq. Shaq decided to move on from the Lakers, and it officially became Kobe's team. And uh, you know this is where he would win his scoring title. He wouldn't win an NBA championship, but this is the iconic 81 point game against the Raptors. You know, being from Toronto. This was a special time. I remember seeing the highlights of this. I didn't catch the game. I was a little ute, but let me tell you something. I do remember seeing Jalen Rose get hooped on it um, and getting 81 points dropped off on your dome piece. But let me tell you something. You know, as I mentioned, you know, Jalen Rose slid his foot under that one foot under Kobe's shot that one time. So he did end up getting his dress reserved. Shout out to Kobe, though. He is uh, shout out to Jalen. 
He's, of course, a, a, a Toronto basketball icon as well. But the Kobe one, really dope sneaker. You know, it's been shown some love in previous years as well with the undefeated collaborations. And uh, the the when they did do the re-release of the entire Kobe line, um, you know, the best colorway in the entire pack, in my opinion, was the Kobe ones. This is the prelude pack. Um, and, uh, the Kobe one is just, I think today's by today's standards still holds up design wise an amazing shoe. And, uh, I think it's great. And it's cool to say that that's Kobe's first designed sneaker, which leads us to the Kobe two, right? So this also was the first time that we really, you know, uh, we're seeing Kobe speaking about getting design, getting involved in terms of the design. You know, this is when, you know, Eric Avar uh, started getting, a uh, famous Nike designer started getting, started uh, working on his, on his, uh, the Kobe signature line as well. And, um, you know, Kobe, it is, this is where we saw Kobe getting involved in the design process. And uh, the Kobe 2s took around 18 months to release. Um, but it can be said that this is the first time Nike got to work with Kobe, who much like on court was very demanding, um, but was able to come up with a shoe that provided Kobe with speed, you know, strength. And if you look at it, it is a very, a very sturdy design to it. It's sort of almost reminiscent of the Air Jordan 8, where it's got this high cut, but it looks like a bulky shoe. Looks like something that, you know, is really good support wise, provided great traction and, um, you know, I think still, I think this is an, a great looking shoe as well. You know, when we even revert back to that, uh, you know, the Prelude pack, the Kobe 2 was really, uh, th- that ha- had that marble colorway, which was super fresh and just gave it a nice luxury vibe to it. It's interesting to see um, how, you know, a lot of sneakers don't really have that marble print or marble design to it, but the Kobe 2 has absolutely killed it. And once again, I do think this is a fresh sneaker still to this day. One that I would rock, you know, with sweats, uh, you know, more of an athleisure vibe to it, but something that's very dope. Now, the Kobe 3, this is not my favorite sneaker out of the line. It's probably my least favorite. Um, and by the way, we're going to be going through the Kobe 1 to 11. You know, he this we, we won't be taking a look at some of his off-brand, uh, you know, team lines like the ADs or the, you know, the Revolutions, whatever you want to call them. Um, we're just looking at the strictly Kobe number, the Kobe signature lines. Um, now the Kobe three does have this aggressive look to it. It paid homage to the two K fours and the two K fives, uh, from the Hirachis in terms of the shape of the shoe. Um, but it did have in, in, and what I mean by the shape as well is that it did feature a one piece upper. This is, um, you know, pretty common in a lot of sneakers just in terms of fit and stability is just something that sort of molds to the foot. Um, now in terms of the lateral and the lateral, the medial and the lateral sides, um, you know, it does have this aggressive, you know, checkerboard print to it. Um, and it also has this diamond shaped checkerboard, which pays homage, which is, um, you know, very touching to his daughter, Natalia Diamante Bryant, um, you know, Diamante meaning diamond in Italian. So it is very fresh. Uh, 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 you know, design inspiration, but in terms of the actual aesthetics of the shoe, not really fucking with it. Um, but either way, the fact that it has all these cool inspirations to it with the 2K4, the 2K5, you know, the waffle print. Whenever you see waffle print on a sneaker, you know it's always a, a shout out to the early Nike Nike days from the waffles. Um, you know, everybody, uh, a lot of you know 
but for those of you that don't, you know, the Nike waffle is one of the is one of the first true Nike innovations. Uh, you know, you're get, you're throwing it back to the 60s here when Phil Knight was uh, selling Nikes out of the trunk of his car um, and working with Bill Bowerman. Um, and basically, they uh, put together a shoe that featured a the first Nike technology, which was that waffle outsole, and that was supposed to improve traction uh, for track runners. So that was a special time, and you know you see a little bit of design inspiration from that on the Kobe Three. Now, moving on with the rest of the signature shoes, you can see the direction that the mo- that the the signature line was going. Now, what I mean by that is the shoe started getting predominantly lower. And this is a very significant point in terms of the Kobe line as well as basketball sneakers to come. All basketball sneakers moving forward. And this proved that you can have a low top design on a functioning basketball sneaker. So prior to that, we basically only saw basketball sneakers in this high cut design. This was favored by basketball players because it provided ankle support. Um, and it's just something that you know was more stable, which is something that a lot of basketball sneakers um, you know, favor because of the lateral movements, the cutting, the quickness, you know, you know, when you hear about players that roll their ankle, it is, uh, there's like a misconception now knowing that, you know, because you have a high top sneaker, your foot's more stable. This actually is not true, but either way, the Kobe four was, um, you know, the first shoe that Nike, that, uh, Kobe, um, uh, won his first NBA championship without Shaq. Not his first overall, but he won his first NBA championship without Shaq. And the shoe itself features Flywire, which is an amazing technology, Lunar in the heel, and uh, proving that ultimately low-top sneakers make great basketball shoes. So um, for those of you that don't know, Flywire is an amazing Nike technology that really increases the support of the shoe. Basically, you have these wires that are encapsulated uh, or, or you have these wires that are part of the liter, uh, the part of the sides of the shoe, the the medial and the lateral side, and ultimately they are tied to the lacing system, so that when you tie your shoes, these la- the wires get pulled, and it sort of acts uh, and it helps increase the support of the shoe, so that your foot is really contained inside of the sneaker. And, uh, you know, this is when we started seeing that the Kobe line was getting some pretty iconic colorways as well. Um, You know, this was sort of a mid, you know, when you look at it now, it's sort of a, and when you look at it in retrospect of the entire Kobe line, it really is like a more of a a mid cut uh, as opposed to a low cut, but it was significantly lower than the rest of the, 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 than its predecessors, um, which of course sparked interest in a lot of athletes and sneakerheads alike. So, um, you know, it's it's a, it's an iconic shoe given that it was his first championship without Shaq and that he would go on this amazing run. Um, but ultimately, when we speak about the Nike Kobe 5, we are looking at an even lighter, lower shoe. You know, Kobe really pushed Eric Avar on this one and told him, we got to do it even better. We got to make it lighter, lower. And this was the first time that I think the Kobe 5 was started to become more and more collectible. And you can see that with the colorways that were released. You know, there was iconic colorways like the Bruce Lees, the Dark Knights, you know, the Chaos. Um, you know, the Bruce Lee has, of course, been taken into other Nike lines. You know, we saw it with the Kyrie's. Um, and I can't remember if we saw it with any KDs, but um, it's a really amazing colorway. You know, it shows design inspiration from a fun source with the black and the yellow, those hits of red. 
and uh, the Kobe 5 is just a, such an amazing shoe. The Dark Knight, of course, features this, you know, predominantly navy, dark blue, black upper, and uh, it just pays homage to one of the uh, one of the better Marvel. Uh, no, DC, this is DC, one of the better, this is, in my opinion, it's the best Batman movie to ever release, so, um, yeah, it's just an incredible shoe, incredible line, and now, going on to the Kobe 6, we are, it is just a snowball effect now, right, the Kobe 6 is even better, they top themselves on the Kobe 5, this is where we saw the snakeskin upper, this material, um, you know, featured this, like, faux snakeskin print on it, you know, this has really hit the ha hammer, uh, hit the nail on the hammer, hit the hammer on the nail, whatever you want to say it, with, in terms of storytelling, and really, um, you know, tapping into that black mamba snake, he's got the mamba mentality, you know, um, and that was really, that storytelling was really emphasized, his alter ego is really emphasized on this sneaker, and some say, this, of this is, there's a consensus that this is sort of the best design Kobe ever in terms of the colorways. You know, you think of the Christmas Grinch colorway, you look talking about the Barcelonas, the sunsets, like amazing, amazing shoe. You know, a lot of people, I think if there was a poll, you know, best Kobe sneakers of all time, you know, in terms of colorways, the Grinch might be number one in terms of popularity, design, look, collectability. Uh, super fresh, you know, Barcelona's was also pretty cool, Kobe's obviously a big bas uh, soccer fan as well, he grew up in Italy, where his dad was playing uh, basketball there, and, uh, you know, he developed a passion for soccer, of course, so you do have a Barcelona-branded um, Kobe, which is really, really dope, and the Kobe 6 is just a beast of a shoe in terms of performance, very beloved by a, a ton of sneakerheads. And like I said, that snakeskin is really the standout feature of it, and as well as some of those amazing colorways. Now, the Kobe 7 was an interesting shoe on its own. Very controversial, I guess. Some say this is one of the most uncomfortable Kobe's in the entire lineup in terms of cushioning. In terms of flexibility, it just wasn't there. It did have a cool cushioning setup in theory, but I don't know how practical it was. And, uh, you know, ultimately Kobe would go on to win a, uh, a gold medal with this sneaker. Um, but the Kobe 7, you know, allowed players to change the insole of the sneaker. So when you bought it, it was a whole system. I think it was called the Nike Zoom Kobe system. And, uh, you know, there was this attack fast and attack strong. So, you know, based on your game, the inter interchangeable insoles, they gave you necessary support, you know, whether you are, you know, trying to attack fast, it might have a more firm, uh, uh, firm cushioning, or if you wanted to attack strong, it would have a softer cushioning, or vice versa. So it was interesting to see that you can adjust your your um, your game with your sneakers. It just, you know, something really cool in terms of execution. I don't think it was very favorable, um, but ultimately the Kobe Seven did have some amazing, iconic colorways. I think one of my favorite colorways of all time is the galaxy kobe 7 this was when you know the whole galaxy pack was releasing and um you know that was really one of the most fun times in sneakers you know with the kobe 9 big bangs with the kobe 7 galaxies it was just an, a, a they were just on a stride nike basketball was just absolutely killing it um and of course i think the kobe 7 is probably the um, least favorable in terms of mass, 
uh, popularity, but ultimately, I think of any Galaxy printed sneaker, including the foam posits, the Kobe 7 Galaxy is 100% the best um, in terms of utilizing that print, the Galaxy print. Um, I thought it was really dope, so that's just my two cents. Um, but yeah, so this they really went hard on the next Kobe, which is the eights featuring lunar cushioning, engineered mesh and mesh. And some say this is the best Kobe in terms of performance. You know, when you look back at some of the colorways, you got the sulfur colorway, the Easter colorway, really dope. I actually purchased, this was my first Kobe that I had ever purchased. I no longer have the pair, um, but I did have one of the red and orange colorways. I can't remember the name off the, the, the colorway name. It wasn't like any amazing storytelling, um, but this shoe also had some amazing uh, snakeskin print on it as well because it's engineered mesh they could print these types of things relatively easily so um you know in terms of the line itself it really was hitting the nail on the head in terms of storytelling as well so the kobe 8 is just one of the best performing you know lunar cushioning um this was when they really perfected it the only beef that i have with uh lunar excuse me is that um it bottoms out really quickly so you know i remember i got a pair of flyknit lunar ones and uh, that was one of the best shoes at the time because it was it had two amazing Nike uh, technologies. You know, you had uh, fly uh, fly knit upper and a lunar cushioning setup, which is super super comfortable. Um, but when I mean bottomed out, I mean like the cushion literally just loses its bounciness. It loses its uh, you know it becomes less dense, and suddenly when you put your foot into the shoe, it feels as if you know. You, it feels as if it's been, as if it's like a 10 or 20 year old shoe, but meanwhile, you've only had it for, you know, a year and a half. Obviously, it depends on your weight, how long you use it, but ultimately, you know, the Lunar in general, this is just something I think they've taken a step away from and replaced it with React in terms of that soft, responsive cushioning setup. Now, the Kobe 9 was super iconic as well. You know, this is a time where Kobe, he had uh, uh, received that Achilles injury. You know, he had a big comeback into the league. So going from the Kobe 8 to the Kobe 9, we're looking at something two years later. It came in three different models. The elites came in both high top and low top. Um, and it, of course, featured Lunar and a Flyknit Upper. It was the first basketball shoe to feature a Flyknit Upper. And it really worked out from what I understand. Um, and they, they figured it out. Um, because I know that some of the other beefs that they had it with it is that they replaced it with glue. So of course it was, you know, really responsive, but, um, you know, lacked a little bit of that stability that basketball players, of course, liked, as I mentioned previously. Um, so the low tops, they were discounted, um, or not discounted, but they came at a lower price point. Um, but they did feature engineered mesh as opposed to, um, that fly knit that we were used to seeing. So it was just interesting to know that the Kobe 9 did come in three different versions. Um, so the Elites featured, as I mentioned, that fly knit material. Um, and it was designed, it drew design inspiration from a boxing shoe. You know, boxers wear, a lot of boxers wear high cut sneakers, uh, high cut boxing shoes because it provides just that a little bit of uh, stability and comfort for them. And uh, that's what Kobe was looking for. And I think one of the best design elements of this is how it had the nine little slashes at the, on his heel. And that was just to sort of commemorate, you know, the surgery that Kobe had gotten on his Achilles. 
um, you know, where I think he had like nine stitches or he had uh, a similar scar or um, some type of uh, repairing that had gone on. And that was ultimately added to the storytelling of the shoe itself. So really great, you know, in terms of colorways of shoes, I think that the masterpiece, the Kobe 9 masterpiece, which is the first high top Kobe colorway, I think that shoe, um, you know, was one of the best design sneakers um, in terms of the Kobe line, that colorway was just incredible, really brave and bold, but something that was just, they just absolutely killed it on. A lot of, a lot of details coming on to that shoe, and um, yeah, it was just really great. And the, the the line took a sort of a step back, you know, in, in terms of the Kobe 10. You know, a lot more of a minimalist shoe in terms of design element. It was sort of going for this less is more, you know, the whole is better than the sum of its parts type of deal. But it was still a, a, a very, um, you know, innovative shoe on its own. It had a combination of lunar and zoom in the heel, you know, combined with those uh, traditional Nike free grooves to really give it that flexibility um, in that court feel as, as I... Uh, as I've touched on before. So this had an advanced traction system as well. It had these little nodules or these little nubs. If you do a Google search for the Nike Kobe 10 nubs, it was great for indoor and outdoor play. It was super soft. And uh, yeah, it was just one of these, you know, minimalist shoes. And I think when you look back at the time, when you look back and think of, you know, like the Roshis, this was something that was really prominent, these minimalist type designs. And, um, you know, we would also see that for the Kobe 11 as well. If you look at the 10 and the 11, they almost look like um, soccer shoes. They look like indoor soccer shoes. And uh, I think that the Kobe 11 was such an amazing design shoe. They it just, It's not like the Kobe 11 and the Kobe 10 look completely different from one another. But they, they have differences, of course. But in terms of the design elements, the Kobe 11 is just outstanding. You know, that... That all-black colorway with the gold swoosh is super fresh. And, you know, when you look at the history of that, the Kobe 11 as well, it'll forever be linked with one of the greatest final games by any athlete, period. You know, Lakers were trailing most of the game against the Utah Jazz. And then Kobe did what Kobe does. He scored 60 points to write his own sort of Hollywood ending that he had there. You know, the Black Mama colorway was was front and center all night. And uh, Kobe, as, as the whole basketball world pay tribute to his career you know they put out some special edition kobe's as well and um they featured uh the elite low and em versions em is short for engineered mesh um so once again different price points there and um yeah they just received some amazing colorways of each and i think when you look back on the line the kobe line is definitely up there it's got that longevity they're still putting out some amazing shoes as well still to this day so Lots of stuff going on in terms of the Kobe line, and um, we'll just have to see how we'll see. How, we'll just have to see how the line goes on, and how Nike and you know these different sporting brands treat it. So it's super tragic on his loss, but I'm really glad that you guys uh, were able to share this moment with me. And uh, um, it was you know fun looking back on the Kobe line, doing a little bit of research for this podcast. So if you guys have any other podcast topics you want to see or listen to, definitely hit me up on the gram. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for watching or listening rather to this episode, guys. Have an amazing day. Peace.